بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد فان احسن الكلام كلام الله وخير الهدى هدى محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وان شر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار so this is uh, i believe it is the 8th someone told me it's the 8th i'm not sure 8th or 9th uh, someone told me it's the 8th lesson so we're coming to the pretty much to the end of the qissa now and in the previous lesson we discussed the the mu'min the believer who was from the family of fir'aun and when it became clear that fir'aun and his people wanted to or when when the people of fir'aun incited fir'aun to punish musa alayhi and his people this believer who had previously concealed his iman he concealed his faith uh, he came out and he stood in front of fir'aun and his people and he uh, gave a lengthy uh, admonishment and advice and he brought out the various arguments and spoke uh, with justice arguing in favor of Musa alayhi salam and so that discourse between this believer the mu'min of al fir'aun is covered in the 40th chapter in the Quran which is known as surat uh, uh, surat al-mu'min it's also known as surat al-ghafir so in the previous lesson we started discussing that discourse uh, of this believer this believing man and in this lesson we're going to continue with that inshallah ta'ala uh, up until we arrive at the situation where fir'aun and his people are shown the signs the great signs and despite that they were to persist upon their disbelief so in the previous lesson we ended upon this verse in the quran in uh, surah ghafir itself in which fir'aun he orders his minister known as haman waqala fir'aun ya haman ya haman ibn li sarhan la'alli ablugh al-asbab o haman make for me a construction in order that i may reach the asbab the ways asbab as-samawati fa attali'a ila ilahi musa wa inni la adhunnuhu kadhiba that i may reach the the paths or the ways of the heavens so that i may come upon the lord or the deity of moses for indeed i consider him to be a liar wa kadhalika زين لفرعون سوء عمله وصد عن السبيل such was the action of fir'aun the um, you know the evil of his action was it beautified for him and he was prevented from the path وما كيد فرعون الا في تباب but the plot or the you know the plot of fir'aun was not in anything except ruin or destruction So Ibn Kathir ta'ala, when he comments upon this uh, passage he says that Fir'aun considered Musa al-Islam to be a liar in his claim that Allah had sent him and 
Fir'aun, this is what Fir'aun was presenting to his people. He was basically presenting the notion or the idea that this man who's come and who's come to take you out of your land, this man is telling a lie. And Fir'aun said, addressing the people, وَقَالَ Fir'aun, يَا أَيُّهَا الْمَلَأُ مَا عَلِمْتُ لَكُمْ مِنْ إِلَٰهٍ غَيْرِ فَأَوْقِدْ لِي يَا هَامَنُ عَلَى الطِّينِ فَاجْعَلْ لِي صَرْحًا لَعَلِّي أَطَّلِعُ إِلَىٰ إِلَٰهِ مُوسَىٰ وَإِنِّي لَأَظُنُّهُ مِنَ الْكَاذِبِينَ So this is another ayah in which the same thing is mentioned. Fir'aun said, O oh my leaders, I do not know of any deity for you besides me. So stoke up the fire, O Haman, upon the clay, and make for me a building that I may arrive at the, at the deity of Moses. For indeed I consider him to be from among the liars. And so here, in, this is mentioned in two parts in the Quran, the one that we mentioned earlier, and the one uh, in this passage here, which is in Surah Al-Qasas, the 28th chapter. So Ibn Kathir says that in this part, he said to Haman, make for me a building that I may reach the asbab, which are the ways, the paths, so that I may come upon the Lord of Moses or the deity of Moses. What did he mean by this question? There were two things that the Ibn Kathir explains that he could have intended two things behind this. The first thing he could have intended by this when he said that I consider Moses to be a liar was that I consider him to be a liar when he claims that this world has a Lord besides me. So here he is speaking about the claim of Musa salam that there is a Lord, that there is a Lord of the heavens and the earth. So Fir'aun, so one of the two things Fir'aun could have intended was that Moses is, is a liar in this claim. Or the second thing that he could have intended was to say that the claim of Moses that he is sent by Allah, he is lying in that. And so Ibn Kathir says that when we look at the hal, the condition of Fir'aun and his actions in general, this would suggest the first of the two. It would suggest that what he's saying is that Moses is lying in his claim that there is another Lord besides me. This is from his hal, meaning the way he's behaving. But from the actual statement that he made, when he says that I may reach the Lord of Moses, for indeed I consider him, Moses, to be a liar. The wording itself suggests that he is speaking about the claim of Moses that he has been sent by Allah. So these are the two considerations, two possible meanings behind uh, his speech. But in any case, upon the second meaning, it would mean that I may reach the Lord of Moses and ask him, did you send him or not? Did you send Moses or not? For indeed, وَإِنِّي لَأَظُنُّهُ كَذِبًا I consider him to be a liar. However, what was the intent of Fir'aun behind all of this type of display that he's putting on? Ibn Kathir, he says that this was basically a show that he was putting for the people. right? So that he, he wanted to prevent them from believing in Musa salam because the evidences had now become so clear. And likewise, this man who'd come and he'd argued in favor of Musa salam and, and basically said, how can you kill a man for no other reason except that he's saying to you, worship one Lord, worship one creator. 
How can you kill a man for that reason alone? This is injustice. And so he argued the case, he defended Musa salam, and he said a truthful word in front of a tyrant. So in front of all this, Fir'aun, he wanted to put on effectively a show. This is like a show that he's putting on. And he wanted to make the people to, you know, to, to disbelieve in uh, Musa al-Islam. And his intent was to basically say that we've gone to the heavens, we've built this huge structure, we've gone up to the heavens, up to the sky, we've looked around, and we can't see any Lord. There's, there's no Lord up there. Moses is lying. So this was basically like, effectively, as, as, as we said, it's kind of like a show in front of the people to deceive them. And to make them think that there is nothing in the sky. And Moses is basically lying. And so this, this deceptive behavior, it was beautified for Fir'aun. Fir'aun himself was deceived into thinking that this is somehow some, you know, something that he's going to pull off. وَكَذَلِكَ زُيِّنَ لِفِرْعَوْنَ سُوءُ عَمَلِهِ Thus was the action of Fir'aun beautified, beautified for him. <coughs> this... Um, Evil action of Fir'aun was beautified for him. sabil, <coughs> And he was prevented from the path. So, Ibn Kathir continues and he says, وَمَا كَيْدُ فِرْعَوْنَ إِلَّا فِي تَبَاب That the plot of Fir'aun was not anything except, except doomed for ruin and destruction. And Ibn Abbas and Mujahid, they both said that this means his plan will be in loss. Meaning it is vain and in falsehood. <coughs> and he will not achieve anything from what he intended or desired. So Ibn Kathir says, uh, in, in regard to this, فَإِنَّهُ لَا سَبِيلَ لِلْبَشَرِ أَنْ يَتَغْوَصَّلُوا بِقُوَاهُمْ إِلَىٰ نَيْلِ السَّمَاءِ أَبَدًا So Ibn Kathir says in, in relation to this plot of Fir'aun, for indeed, so Allah has said that this plot of Fir'aun will not be accepted in ruin. So he says, Ibn Kathir, that Fir'aun will not achieve anything of his desire behind this, behind this deception. Because for indeed there is no way or no path for men to reach by whatever powers they have, abilities they have, to reach the sky or the heavens. Abadan, at all. And he says, I mean the lowest heaven. أَعْنِي السَّمَاءُ الدُّنْيَا فَكَيْفَ بِمَا بَعْدَهَا مِنَ السَّمَاوَاتِ الْعُلَىٰ وَمَا فَوْقَ ذَلِكَ مِنَ الْإِرْتِفَاءِ الَّذِي لَا يَعْلَمُهُ إِلَّا اللَّهَ عَزَّ وَجَلَ So he says, I mean here the lowest heaven. <coughs> and so how then will it be for even the heavens which come after that and whatever is beyond that of highness and loftiness which no one knows except Allah the mighty and majestic. So the point behind this is that this was from the deception of Fir'aun after all, after he knew the truth, after all of the arguments had been presented to him, and he knew the truth, and from his arrogance, he resorted to many different ways and means that we mentioned and covered previously. And from them, continuing his deception is this, to try to fool and deceive you know, the eyes of the people or the, or the minds of the people, to make them think that he is going to build this structure and... Uh, as the Mufassireen said, explained that this building, which was like a, a fortress which he made, 
No one had seen a construction like it before him in history. Nothing that there was nothing that was higher than this building in history before before Fir'aun. And it had been made in a specific way, as we see in the ayah, that there was a specific type of, of clay or material that was hardened by way of uh, heating and so on and so forth by the fire. And there was nothing that was higher or taller than this structure. So as we said, his intent, like you see today, these people saying today, where they claim that you know we've been to the heavens and we don't see no creator, and they claim to be sending out these things and uh, you know faking uh, the you know that that th- that they have traversed to the ends of the universe and that we don't see any we haven't seen any creator. All of this is from 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 a similar angle to what what Fir'aun was intending by that, according to the abilities of that time. So then we return back. So after this deception. We return back to the believer, that man who is from the family of Fir'aun, and we return back to the admonition he is giving to the people of Fir'aun. So we'll take up that in the passage from Surah Ghafir. So he says, وَقَالَ الَّذِي آمَنْ The one who believed, he said, يَا قَوْمِ التَّبِعُونَ O my people, follow me. أَحْدِكُمْ سَبِيلَ الرَّشَادِ I shall guide you to the path of rightness, to the, to the path of guidance. Ya qawm, innama hadhihi al-hayatu dunya mata'a. O my people, indeed this world is nothing but enjoyment. It's just leisure and enjoyment. Wa inna al-akhirata hiya darul qarar. And indeed it is the hereafter which is the permanent, the permanent abode. Man amila sayyi'atan فَلَا يُجْزَى إِلَّا مِثْلَهَا The person who does an evil deed will not be, re- will not be recompensed except with its like. وَمَنْ عَمِلَ صَالِحًا مِنْ ذَكَرٍ أَوْ أُنْثَى وَهُوَ مُؤْمِنْ فَأُولَٰئِكَ يَدْخُلُونَ الْجَنَّةِ يُرْزَقُونَ فِيهَا بِغِيرِ حِسَابٍ As for the one who does righteous deeds, whether it is a male or a female, Whilst he is a believer, whilst he has iman, then those are the ones who shall enter into paradise, and they will be provided for without any reckoning, without any limitation or accounting. So, upon this passage, Ibn Kathir explains to us. He says that this man, may Allah be pleased with him, is he's inviting these people now to follow the path of guidance, to follow the path of truth. And he emphasized two things in this. The first of them was to make mutaba'a, to follow and to imitate. To follow and imitate the way of the Prophet of Allah, which was in that time Musa salam, And to believe in him. And to believe in whatever he informed about the hereafter and the resurrection and the accounting and those types of affairs which are from the unseen. So the believer was asking them to believe and follow Moses peace be upon him, in these affairs. Then at the same time, he was informing them about the reality of this world. And he said about this world, that this world is nothing but enjoyment and a pastime. And the true world, the true life which is permanent, is the life of the hereafter. So by this he was trying to encourage them, perhaps they might take an admonition, perhaps it might affect their heart, Perhaps they might aspire for the hereafter and belittle this life, the world of this life, which is only temporary. 
And then to emphasize this meaning even further, after he told them that this life is temporary and the hereafter is permanent, he then tried to encourage them even further by informing them that any evil that you do, it is from the mercy and the forgiveness and the bounty of Allah that he will only recompense you with its like. An evil deed, one evil deed, one sin, one punishment for that. But as for the one, as for the believer who does a righteous deed, whether male or female, whilst he has iman in, in Allah's rububiyyah and his uluhiyyah and so on and so forth, then such a one will enter into paradise and without any accounting or limitation, he will have his sustenance. So he's emphasizing them to them that the reward of Allah and the mercy of Allah is multiple times more than his, you know, than, than his uh, punishment. And that this, perhaps this might encourage them and entice them to leave their ways and to pursue the hereafter and to abandon their disbelief and their arrogance and so on and so forth. Especially because what he's promising them for the one who does righteous deeds, these are lofty gardens and apartments and all types of goodness, excellent things and goodness that they're going to enjoy, whether from the provisions, the eternal provisions and things of that nature. And things of, about which they will not need to have any increase, right? They will be in such enjoyment. So after enticing them and giving them tarheeb and targhib, which is basically to, to make someone fearful on the one hand, but at the same time to encourage them, to make them aspire by using these methods of encouraging and discouraging, he then began to uh, criticize the position that they had taken and the falsehood that they were upon even further. So then Ibn Kathir says, ثُمَّ شَرَعَ فِي إِبْتَالِ مَا هُمْ عَلَيْهِ وَتَخْوِيفِهِمْ مِمَّا يَسِيرُونَ إِلَيْهِ So he says, then he began to invalidate what they were upon, to refute what they were upon, and to make them fearful of the eventual outcome that would, that would come to them if they persisted upon this path. So <coughs> he spoke about the evil deeds, and the good deeds as we just mentioned. And then he said, وَيَا قَوْمْ مَا لِي أَدْعُوكُمْ إِلَى الْحَيَاةِ وَتَدْعُونَنِي إِلَى النَّارِ إِلَى النَّجَاةِ وَتَدْعُونَنِي إِلَى النَّارِ He said, O oh my people, what is it that I am calling you to deliverance, to safety? إِلَى النَّجَاةِ وَتَدْعُونَنِي إِلَى النَّارِ Yet you are calling me to the hellfire. تَدْعُونَنِي لِأَكْفُرَ بِاللَّهِ وَأُشْرِكَ بِهِ مَا لَيْسَ لِي بِهِ عِلْمِ وَأَنَا أَدْعُوكُمْ إِلَى الْعَزِيزِ الْغَفُورِ You are calling me that to, to disbelieve in Allah and to ascribe partners to Him with that upon which I have no knowledge, of which I have no knowledge. And yet I am calling you to Al-Aziz, the Mighty, Al-Ghaffar, the one who is all oft forgiving. Then he continues, لا جرم أنما تدعونني إليه ليس لو ليس له دعوة في الدنيا ولا في الآخرة. There's no doubt that whatever you are calling me to, calling me to, then it is not worthy of being called to, being called to, in this life, in this world, and not in the hereafter. وأن مردنا إلى الله, and our return shall be to Allah. 
And as for those who go beyond the bounds and into excesses, into sin and transgression, then they will be the inhabitants of the hellfire. Then he continues saying to these people, فَسَتَذْكُرُونَ مَا أَقُولُ لَكُمْ وَأُفَوِّضُ أَمْرِي إِلَى اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ بَصِيرٌ بِالْعِبَادِ You shall recall what I am saying to you one day that you will, you, you will remember, you will be reminded. You will remember what I am saying to you. And I resign my affair to Allah. Indeed, Allah is watchful over His servants. So Allah saved him from the evil plot, from the evil that they had plotted. And an evil punishment encompassed or surrounded the people of Fir'aun. So they will be presented to the fire morning and evening and on the day of the hour, on the day that the hour is established, then it will be said, throw Fir'aun or enter Fir'aun, the people of Fir'aun, into a severe punishment. So here in this passage, again in Surah Ghafir from verse 40 onwards, Ibn Kathir comments upon this and he says that he was basically calling them to worship the Lord of the heavens and the earth. The one who if he says to a thing be and it will be. Whereas they were calling him to worship Fir'aun. Look at this disparity between these two things. He's calling them to worship Allah, the creator of the heavens and the, uh, and the earth, the creator of all of the causes and the effects, the creator of everything. And they are calling him to worship this man this misguided, cursed man who thinks and believes in his arrogance that there is no Lord for the people except for him. How arrogant and how insolent is this claim. So he's calling them to Tawheed and to Allah and to forgiveness and to gratitude and to an eternal hereafter. And what is Fir'aun calling these people to? To shirk and kufr and disbelief to worship of him and the idols as a means of reaching him and so how can how can you compare between these two things and so this is the argument of this believer he's he's telling these he's letting these people know how can you compare between these two calls and how can you call me to something which is not even worthy of being called to so he so so he re, reiterates this because he mentions these ayat again uh, about that I'm calling you to deliverance, to safety, and you are calling me to the hellfire. Then he continues to explain, as Ibn Kathir says, to give evidence of Allah's rububiyyah by uh, saying what he said, that um, you are calling me, there's no doubt, لا جرم أنما تدعونني إليه ليس له دعوة في الدنيا ولا في الآخرة There's no doubt that what you are calling me to is not deserving of being called to. This now is an argument of rububiyyah. This is an argument along the lines, as Ibn Kathir explains, that how can you worship one who has no control, independent control, over benefit and harm? Right? So this is like the man with whom Ibrahim alayhi salam argued with, Nimrud. 
This man claimed that he claimed ana uhyi wa umit. I I'm one who gives life and death. He claimed to have control over life and death. But what he really meant was that I can bring a man in front of me, I can kill him so he dies, and another man I can imprison to starve him, but then I can choose to relieve him and release him so that he doesn't starve. So now I've let him live. Right? So this is was this was his arrogant claim. Right? But these are simply ways and means which Allah has put in the creation which we have control over. We are able to kill someone if we want or to leave someone alive if we want. This is but this is not independent control over life and death. Right? So here the argument that this believer again he's reiterating the message and the argument of Musa alayhi salam and Harun alayhi salam and establishing the arguments of Rububiyyah against Fir'aun in his arrogance. And so this ayah here that you are calling me to something which does not deserve to be called to in this life or the next. And so these are the arguments of Rububiyyah. And so um, he says, وَأَنَّ مَرَدَّنَا إِلَى اللَّهِ وَأَنَّ الْمُسْرِفِينَ هُمْ أَصْحَابُ النَّارِ Our return shall be to Allah. And those who go to excesses, they will be the inhabitants of the hellfire. So we see that when we look at our call as people of Tawheed, as Muslims, and we can take a point from this, that when we look at what we are calling to, and what is it that the Adyan are calling to. So we, we are calling with the call of all of the messengers of Allah Azza wa Jal. From Nuh alayhi salam, Ibrahim alayhi salam, Musa alayhi salam, Isa alayhi salam, and the messenger Muhammad alayhi salam. And it is to worship Allah alone. Because all of the evidence from fitrah, from our natural inclination, from our reason, from, what, from, from the basic reason that we have, from what we see, from perception, and from revelation, all of that tells us that this is the truth which is undeniable. That there is one Lord, one creator, the provider of favors, the provider of sustenance, and to whom we ought to give gratitude, and so on and so forth. Now when we look at what other people are calling us to, whether it is, for example, the Yahud, um, the Yahud, they don't, they don't have a call anyway, because they don't invite the people to Tawheed, because they believe in a, a, a tribal way. How can, that be, how can that be a call worthy of being called to? How can that be justice? And how can that be a call worthy of calling mankind to? If you, you know, that this is some uh, tribal religion and God is only your God. And, you know, how is this even a call? This is not even a call. Right? So they, obviously they've distorted the deen of Musa alayhi salam and the deen of Harun alayhi salam. And they've made it some exclusive uh, way. And they, 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 were, they were initially ordered to call the nations to Tawheed, bring light to them. But then they turned it into a tribal religion. So how can this be worthy of, 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 of a call? That's why the Yahud, you see, they don't, they don't actually actively go out and call people to, to whatever they claim to possess of Tawheed and whatever else, even though that's not true. So how can that be, how can that be worthy of being called to? And then you have the Nasara, the Christians, and what do they call to? That you know, God is a man who came and, you know, came to die for you. And uh, he's half, he's full God and full man and all, all these gymnastics that they play in the mind, you know, of, of, of absurdity and, and, you know, which does not make any sense. Uh, uh, how can that be something worthy of, of following? 
And that's why, as you see in the Western world today, that the churches are empty and the morals of the people in these societies have been degraded because a deen which is like this, when people start thinking, because before, in the centuries before, it was forced upon the people by, by the church. right? And people weren't able to freely think about what they were forced to believe in. But when people think about these these things that they are being taught, that there is three and they are one, and God came and he became a man, and he was fully man and a fully fully God at the same time, and then you know, you know all of the all of the, the the absurdities that come with it, people cannot believe in these kind of mysteries and mythologies for long, and that's why people are leaving in droves and droves and droves, and the churches are empty. How can that be something that you call to? How can that be something that you call to? That the God I'm calling you to was in the womb of a woman being nourished by blood. Then he came out and then he was breastfed. And, you know, he had to be, uh, you know, when he, when he urinated or passed stools, whatever, he had to be cleaned. This is, this is your God. And then eventually he was killed and buried, you know, in 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 underground. How can how can this be a god a god that is worthy of worship? So the point being, this statement made by this believer is something that we as Muslims say to the people. How can you call us to something to something which is not even worthy of being called to? And then you have also you have obviously you have the the mushrikun, the various polytheists in all of their different categories. Whether it is the the the, the you know you you have two types. You have the the, the likes of the Buddhists and those people. Because they don't believe in a creator. It's like kind of like atheism, but they allow you to worship other, other things. And then you have the actual mushrikun, who in principle believe in multiple deities, like the Hindus. Right? So a monkey is a god, an elephant is a god, and all sorts of things like that. And then you have the atheist as well, what they call to. And again, their god is, is really nature. They ascribe the attributes of Allah to nature, and then they pretend that you know they pretend otherwise so all of these calls basically they uh, you know there's no doubt that what you are calling me to is not worthy of being called to in this light in in this world and nor in the hereafter and so this here then is the argument of rububiyyah being presented in a different way, in a subtle different way. And so this would then return back to our previous discussion that we, that we had in a number of lessons before, where we discussed in detail Musa discussing the arguments of Rububiyyah with Fir'aun and his people. أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حي على الصلاة حي على الصلاة 
So after recounting this argument, the believer, this believing man, he then admonished them once more, and uh, he said to him, he said to them, "Fasatadkuruna ma aqulu lakum, wa ufawidu amri ila Allah, inna Allah basirun bil ibad." So he said, "You shall soon remember what I said to you, and I resign my affair to Allah. Indeed, Allah is watchful over His servants." And so Allah said uh, in, uh, in, in the next uh, following after this, This man, because he came and he stood for the truth and defended the truth, Allah so Allah saved him from the evil of that which they plotted against him. So because he came out and he uh, showed rejection against them and against their disbelief and their plotting and their hindering people from the path of Allah and this man because he stood for that eventually in the in the outcome of the story this man along with numerous other people were actually saved so for, for example from them was the the, 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 the wife of Fir'aun there were the magicians saved in the sense that they were saved from the hellfire because they accepted Iman and they remained firm upon Iman in the trial so so Ibn Kathir says that this man, he rejected their disbelief and their plotting. And likewise, the, what, what, what they brought out of these trickery and, and these impossible things that they were basically trying to show to the common people, whether that's by way of the magic, the magic that we discussed before, to deceive the people by, again, mechanical means or by way of the, the shayateen, or by way of this deception where they building this huge building and making it look as if we've been to the sky and we've looked up there and there's, there's no deity up there. Right? Just deceiving the, the common people and making fools of them in this sense. So the man, he showed rejection against all of this and in the outcome of the story, it, is, it, it, it mentions in these ayat, وَحَاقَ بِآلِ فِرْعَوْنَ سُوءُ الْعَذَابِ Fir'aun and his people was surrounded or encompassed by an evil punishment. And then the ayah continues, and this ayah is evidence that we use from the Qur'an that there is punishment in the grave. Because the ayah says, To the fire will they be subjected, morning and evening. وَيَوْمَ تَقُومُ السَّاعَةِ and then when the hour will be established it will be said enter the people of Fir'aun into a severe punishment so here notice that there are two punishments which are mentioned in the first one it says morning and evening will they be presented to the fire morning and evening and then it says and on the day that the hour will be established it will be said 
put or enter the people of Fir'aun into the most severe punishment. There are two punishments. The first one is in the life of this world. And the second one is when the hour will be established. And so this is our proof, our evidence, which is explained further in the ahadith of the Messenger of Allah that there is punishment in the grave. That a disbeliever will be punished in the grave. And likewise, even a believer for his sins which he committed in this life, such as things like backbiting and things of that nature, this person will be punished in the grave for those deeds as well. And this is a Quranic evidence for that. And Ibn Kathir says that we have spoken about the evidence for this in this ayah for the punishment of the grave, you know, in what has proceeded. So after this now, once the dialogue of this man, the believing man, he stood in front of these people, Fir'aun and his ministers and his relatives, and he's admonished them and told them what they're doing is unjust. He's repeated the evidences of Rububiyyah and he's mentioned many things which are from reason. These people, they persisted upon all of that. And we move to the next stage where now we see that despite all of this, Allah gives them rope and gives them respite and now shows them the great and major signs perhaps that they might change and that they might, they might change their ways. So Ibn Kathir, he says, وَالْمَقْسُودُ أَنَّ اللَّهَ تَعَالَى لَمْ يُحْلِكْهُمْ إِلَّا بَعْدَ إِقَامَةِ الْحُجَّجِ عَلَيْهِمْ What is intended here is that Allah the Most High did not destroy them except establishing after establishing proofs against them and sending a messenger to them and removing all of whatever doubts they might have had, removing them from them and establishing the proofs against them sometimes by way of tarheeb, this is where you make someone fearful or by way of targhib, which is where you, you encourage someone. And so we see in Surah Al-A'raf now, the seventh surah, verse 13, 130 onwards, Allah says, وَلَقَدْ أَخَذْنَا آلَ فِرْعَوْنَ بِالسِّنِينَ وَنَقْسِمْ مِنَ الثَّمَرَاتِ لَعَلَّهُمْ يَذَّكَّرُونَ Indeed, we took Fir'aun, the people of Fir'aun, with years of hardship and with loss of fruits, in order that they may remember and take admonition. فَإِذَا جَاءَتْهُمُ الْحَسَنَةِ قَالُوا لَنَا حَاذِهِ وَإِن تُصِبُهُمْ سَيِّئَةِ يَطَّيَّرُوا بِمُوسَى وَمَنْ مَعَهِ So if some good came to them over these years, they said, well, this is, this is for us. This is on account of our efforts. And if some calamity came to them, they said, this is because of Moses and his people. This is an omen. Because of Moses and his people. And, Allah. However, indeed, their omen is with Allah. But most of them do not know. They said, No matter what sign you come to us with in order to bewitch us, then we are not going to believe in you. So they made it very, very, very clear that they're going to be stubborn upon their disbelief. فَأَرْسَلْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ So now Allah mentions what the signs that He sent to them. فَأَرْسَلْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ الطُّوفَانِ The flood. وَالْجَرَادِ Which are the locusts. وَالْقُمَّلِ 
which are the, the, the small insects, which are like lice, the small insects. وَالدَّفَادِعْ Which are the frogs. dam, And likewise the blood. آيَاتٍ مُفَصَّلَاتٍ فَاسْتَكْبَرُوا وَكَانُوا قَوْمًا مُجْرِمِينَ these were signs which were very clear, uh, and but they showed arrogance, and they were a criminal people. So here in these ayat, we see Allah Azawajal summarizing the nature of these people. And there are seven, there are actually seven signs which are mentioned in this passage. The first two signs at the very beginning, at the earlier on, were the staff of Musa al-Islam and the snake, and the hand being illuminated. Then after all of this, Allah punished them by way of a famine, where nothing would grow from the ground. from the ground. And then likewise, by way of the fruits that were diminished, even the fruits wouldn't grow from the trees. So these were two signs that came afterwards. Perhaps they might take an admonition. Then when they didn't listen and take heed from these signs, then another five major signs came. And so Ibn Kathir comments about, of, of this, and he says that Allah the Most High, He informs here that He tested the people of Fir'aun. First of all, by years of hardship, of famine, when no vegetation would grow for them. And likewise, by a shortcoming in the fruits from the trees. Maybe this might, they might, they might take admonition. But they did not benefit from this at all. Rather they persisted upon their disbelief. And their insolence and their arrogance. And during this period, they had a certain way of behaving. And this is the way of behaving of, of, of the disbelievers. That when any good comes to them, anything beneficial, some harvest, some benefit, an increase in wealth, they say, this is from... This is, this is for us. This is because of our efforts, because of our skill, because of our expertise. And then when any evil came to them, they would basically say, well, this is, it's Moses and his people. They're an evil omen. They're bringing evil to us. And it's because of this. And this is from their ignorance. They do not realize that indeed everything is in the control and the power of Allah Azza wa Jal. Allah inna ma ta'iruhum Allah. Indeed, their omen is with Allah, meaning that it is Allah the one who controls benefit and harm. And as for what they are believing to be an omen, it is just something in your head. It's just something in your mind. And this is from the affairs of our belief. We do not believe in these superstitious omens that the people believe in, like the black cat or the black dog or the, you know, the black bird flying above you and all these things which the people believe. And then they wrongly tie them to misfortune. This is only in your mind. It is not real. Things happen because Allah decrees them to happen at whatever time He decrees them to happen. No connection between these things. So here Fir'aun and his people were like this. They were superstitious people believing in omens. And they would ascribe the evil to Musa Islam and his, and his people. And any good, they would ascribe it to themselves. It's a bit like what you see today nowadays, these... The, the, these Arrogant disbelievers, everything in their nations, the reason for it is Islam. All the evil that's happening in their society is because of Islam. Right? It's because of Muslims and Islam. Right? It's kind of like it's as if the, the, the Islam and Muslims are an omen for them, that all evil that's befalling you, everything is to do with Islam. 
And this is how these people operate. There was a, a man the other day who became a Muslim in uh, Netherlands, and he was from the staunch haters of Islam. And so when he started writing a book in order to refute and expose Islam, the more he researched, the more he realized, hold on, this, this is not true, what, what we are, what we are, the lies that we are telling. And eventually, over, over time, it led him to become a Muslim, just in the last week. So from the things this man explained, that from the things that, that his party were doing, was that anything evil happening in the society, no matter what it is, we have to write about it as if it's connected to Islam. As if it's connected to these Muslims who are coming and emigrating to our countries, all of the evils they are to do with, the, the, with Islam and the Muslims. Right? So this is a similar type of mentality of these people that any evil, let's just associate it with this Prophet and his people. They are the cause of all the evils we are suffering. Right? Same, same kind of evil, uh, uh, um, very uh, kind of foolish type of uh, mentality. So then these people said, وَقَالُوا مَحْمَا تَعْتِنَا بِهِ مِنْ آيَةٍ لِتَسْحَرَنَا بِهَا فَمَا نَحْنُ لَكَ بِمُؤْمِنِينَ No matter what type of sign you're going to come with to, 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 to fool us and to um, bewitch us, we are not going to believe you. So they made it very, very clear that you can come with miracles, you can come with, with great signs, we are not going to believe you. So it is here then that Allah Azawajal he said, "Inna al-ladina haqqat alihim kalimatu rabbik kalimatu kalimatu rabbik la yu'minun." Indeed, the word has been proved true against them; they are not going to believe. وَلَوْ جَاءَتْهُمْ كُلُّ آيَةٍ حَتَّى يَرَوْ يَرَوْ الْعَذَابَ عَذَابُ الْعَلِيمِ الْعَذَابُ الْعَلِيمِ. So, they, even if there came to them every single sign until they actually saw the painful punishment that awaits them. So this was the nature of these people. So then Allah mentions the additional five things that came to them, the Tufan, the Jarad, the Qummal, the Safad, the Dafadi' and Adam. So these are the five signs that came to them. As for the Tufan, Ibn Abbas explained what happened is that plentiful rain came to them and it enveloped all of their, their fields and their, their land, and it created a very large flood. Right? This was a flood that came to them, and it destroyed all of their vegetation and all of their, of their fruits. And as for the Jarad, Jarad are locusts. So there came a swarm of locusts, and these locusts, um, again, they made life extremely, extremely difficult for them. And these locusts came and they, they, they devoured all of the vegetation. So whatever vegetation and harvest they had in that particular year, the locusts came and destroyed all of the harvest. As for the qummal, these are like tiny tick insects, like you have lice in the head and things of that nature. So then they were inflicted with all of this, and this made life extremely, extremely difficult and awkward for them. And um, they were unable to, 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 to bear this. As for the Dafadi, which are the frogs, then the frogs came, and the frogs would come, you know, jump into their food, jump into their vessels, 
uh, appear from nowhere and just make life really, really awkward and difficult. And any time they try to take food or drink, then these frogs would appear and it, you know, it, it was really, really uh, unpleasant for them. And then finally, the blood which came, this blood, the, 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 the Nile turned red due to the uh, blood and there was nothing which was a source of water except that it became like, you know, like blood. And during all of this time when they were being punished with all of these great signs, these great ayat, during all of this time, nothing happened to Bani Israel. So the homes of Bani Israel and the, the gatherings of Bani Israel, they were not afflicted by any of this. And so all of this, this was from the greatest of proofs and evidences to Fir'aun and his people that, the, that, these, that, that, that Musa a.s. is a truthful messenger and that Bani Israel are being favored by Allah Azza wa Jal who is their Lord and who is obviously who is his Lord as well. And so there was nothing more clear in evidence than all of this. So Allah Azzawajal, he said, وَلَمَّا وَقَعَ عَلِيهِمِ الرِّجْزِ قَالُوا يَا مُوسَى قَالُوا يَا مُوسَى دُعُوا لَنَا رَبَّكَ بِمَا أَحِدَ إِنْدَكَ When all of this punishment was coming to them, they would say to Moses, call upon your Lord for whatever you know, agreement you have with him, a promise you have with him. And um, if you were to remove from us this punishment, then we shall believe you. And we shall set free with you Bani Israel. So every time one of these calamities came to them, they would say to Musa alayhi salam, call upon your Lord to remove this evil from us. And we'll believe in you. And we will free Bani Israel. Right? And then when the sign, when, when the calamity was removed, then they would return back to the evil ways. Then Allah will send the next sign. The sign that came after that. And... Uh, then they would return to their ways again. And so continuing in this way, five ways, five signs, each sign becoming greater than the other one, and they continued in their disbelief. And so Allah Zujal, He says, Whenever He would come with our, uh, with our signs, Musa al-Islam, they would start laughing at the signs. And... Uh, and whenever we showed them a sign it was actually greater than the one that came before it and we took them by the punishment in order that they may return back to the truth so Ibn Kathir continues there is, there is more to the, to the, to the passage um, we'll quickly round up the, the uh, discussion and we see that in all of this Fir'aun, he continued in his arrogant disbelief. And again, he used the similar arguments that we mentioned before, that look at all of these rivers, all of these palaces, all of these people I control. How can you not accept me as your Lord? And yet you have this man. We don't see any gold on him. He's not wearing any gold. Where's the gold that he has? This is what he says in, in the ayat. Why are not any you know, pieces of gold given to him? And why aren't there any angels with him? And how is it this, this man, he's lowly and he can hardly even speak. He's speaking about the defect that Musa al-Islam had in his tongue, that he was, he was unable to speak. Right? So he's bringing all of these arguments and Ibn Kathir 
he's answering back these arguments. He's saying, for example, that first of all, um, uh, his inability to, to speak does not negate the fact that Allah spoke to him and gave him revelation. Right? Does not make him that he's not a genuine prophet just because he can't speak. Number two, this gold that you are talking about, that you are boasting about this gold, then to wear gold and to adorn yourself with gold is from the way of the women to do that. This is, this is what women do. It's not from the, what the prophets, it's not from what men do. And the prophets are greater in their, you know, in, in their signs of their manliness and things like that. So what you're calling to here, this is from the signs of effeminate, this is effeminate behavior. How can this even be an argument that you're telling your people that why doesn't he have any gold with him? There's not even an argument. So Ibn Kathir, he's, he's summarizing the, the uh, arguments, refuting the arguments. And as for the angels, when he says, why aren't there any angels that have come with him? Well, first of all, the angels, first of all, we see, we know that the angels, they show humility and they venerate even the, you know, the, the student of knowledge, as we know in the ahadith. So certainly these angels are venerating and lowering their wings in humility for the prophets and messengers of Allah. We know this is taking place. And secondly, if Fir'aun meant, why aren't there any angels that have come to him to prove that he's a messenger, then how can you leave all of these tremendous mighty signs that you've just seen with your own eyes and you're using something which is just an insignificant argument? How can you leave all of these tremendous mighty signs, these nine signs that you've witnessed from the very beginning and now you're making uh, an issue out of something very small and minor. So this is how Ibn Kathir is saying that the ayat are basically uh, refuting him and he's again continuing to deceive uh, his people. So as we see in the ayah, He belittled the intellects of his people and they believed him. إِنَّهُمْ كَانُوا قَوْمًا فَاسِقِينَ Indeed, they were a rebellious, sinful people. فَلَمَّا آسَفُونَا إِنْتَقَمْنَا مِنْهُمْ So when they annoyed us and made us angry, then we took revenge from them. So we see, finishing on this note, that the people who followed this tyrant and this disbeliever, first of all, Fir'aun was belittling their intellects and deceiving them and misguiding them. And secondly, they themselves... It works both ways. They themselves were a sinful, transgressing people. You see, and this is a relationship between the heads of disbelief and those who follow them in disbelief. It is not always the case that they are just totally ignorant. Rather, it is sometimes there is a desire on their behalf that they want to follow. And they want a life of sin. And they want a life of perhaps disbelief. And that's why you see the same relationship between the heads of disbelief and those who follow them in, 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 in disbelief, from the masses who follow them in their disbelief. So you will see many, many people today, for example, they will say, well, this is a life that I prefer. I, I, I can't let go of the alcohol and the drugs and the women and whatever. I'm happy for, I want to follow this life. right? And when they submit to their desires, then when the leaders of disbelief at the top deceive them and trick them and you know, tell them that you know, there is no deity, there's just matter, there's no hereafter, don't believe in that in those fairy tales. 
We know all the truth. We know everything now. We've been out to space. We've seen everything. This is all there is. Don't worry about here after there, there isn't one. Just enjoy. Live your life and enjoy. And so they, they, they belittle their intellects and they, and they misguide them and they exploit them for wealth and profit and whatever else and they make little of their intellects. This is exactly the same thing that we see with, 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 with the people today. Same kind of relationship between the heads of disbelief and those who follow them in in disbelief. So this brings us really to the end to the end now of the whole issue and now we come to the destruction of Fir'aun and his people and in all of what has preceded we can see that Allah has given these people every single opportunity from the beginning to the end whether it be admonition argumentation evidences proofs when they denied them perhaps some miracles might 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 make them realize then we started with the basic the initial miracles the hand and the staff and then after that you know the affairs continued up until we've come to the greatest of signs which if you saw with your eyes you would become an instant believer and they disbelieved in them even right so this shows look at was Allah unjust to these people did he hasten the punishment upon these people no because these affairs we know that they took over took part over many, 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 many years. And that's why we as Muslims, we should have patience, we should have sabr, and we should understand and realize, we should take lesson from these stories, that despite whatever oppression, tyranny that we are seeing, eventually the aqibah is with, 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 the, pe- who, who, with the people who are the muttaqun. Right? It is the, it is the messengers of Allah, whom Allah will aid, as we see in the Quran, in many ayat, we see, وَمَنْ يَتَوَلَّ اللَّهُ وَرَسُولَهُ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا فَإِنَّ حِزْبَ اللَّهِ هُمُ الْغَالِبُونَ The ones who ally with Allah and His Messenger and those who believe, then it is the party of Allah that will be victorious. وَإِنَّ جُنْدَنَا لَهُمُ الْغَالِبُونَ Indeed, it is our soldiers, ours, our hosts, who will be victorious. And كَتَبَ اللَّهُ لَأَغْلِبَنَّ أَنَا وَرُسُولِي Indeed, Allah has written that I and my messengers will be victorious. Inna Allah Aziz. Indeed, Allah is strong and mighty. If you aid, if if Allah aids you, then there is no one to uh, to to be victorious over you. So the point being that this victory that will come to Musa and his people, all of that was gained by what? By iman, by sabr, by istiana. All those things that we discussed in the previous lessons that you know. Uh, Musa and his people uh, acted upon Iman, Taqwa, Isti'ana Seeking aid from Allah Sabar, Yaqeen All of these traits and qualities When they are, when they are adopted Then the outcome The Aqibah Will be for the people of belief And destruction will eventually come to the people Who are, who are the likes of Fir'aun And his people who are persistent and arrogant Upon their disbelief So we, we take this as a uh, a reassurance and as a means of remaining patient upon this and with that we'll conclude our lesson there for today the next lesson inshallah will be the final lesson and we will discuss the destruction of fir'aun and his people by way of by way of drowning alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen wa sallallahu ala muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in